near-death experience podcast, an ongoing exploration of spiritually transformative experiences, including NDEs and other phenomena, in order to elucidate the ineffable and better understand our spirituality. All episodes are available at ndepodcast.org. The views expressed and opinions given by the individual hosts and guests are not necessarily those of NDE Podcast, the NDERF, any sponsors, or, for that matter, anyone else. In the end, the only opinion that really matters is yours. Welcome to Near-Death Experience Podcast, the official source of audio accounts for the Near-Death Experience Research Foundation. I'm Chaz Hathaway, author of Life in the Spirit World, What Near-Death Experiences May Teach About Life on the Other Side. Today we're going to share the experience of Kurt from Enderf.org. Kurt says, I was working for a manufacturing company in Iowa. I just had, I had just left the Marine Corps after almost 10 years of service. I left trying to save a marriage and to make sure I would be in the life of my twins. They were only four at that time. I started a job as a journeyman electrician. One Saturday in March, while working overtime, we had a power outage. The other electrician on duty and I were responsible for getting the, lo- the power back on. After following safety procedures, we locked the power off and proceeded to fix the problem. When we were finished up at the main bank, I was told by the senior electrician to attach the ground wire to the chain link fence and ground all the static electricity. He looked inside. He told me to go ahead. Everything was grounded fine. I touched the first two phases without or with no problems. Not knowing the switch was broken, touching the last phase caused an explosion. The power grabbed me and held me for a few seconds. Then I was thrown against the chain link fence surrounded or surrounding the switches. I was conscious through the whole ordeal. Landing on the ground, I realized I was on fire. I started to run for the building and a nearby shower. The senior electrician, who had not been hurt, tripped me. I started to roll on the ground. My foreman, who had been walking by to check on our progress, began to put out the flames with his hands. When he stopped, I looked down and saw my skin covering my chest was almost completely gone. I could see my feet. However, the bottoms of my shoes were gone. He proceeded to tell me everything was going to be fine. As he was talking, a close friend of mine appeared over his left shoulder. He had been a military jet navigator who died three years earlier in a plane crash. Mike was in his flight suit. He told me he was there to help me make the transition. I told him I wasn't ready to go yet. He encouraged me to by telling me how wonderful it was. I was steadfast. I didn't want to go. The reason was my father had died when I was four. At that time, why twins were four. 
Then, as suddenly as Mike appeared, my good friend was gone. Suddenly, appearing to my right, came this wonderful ball of white light. From the light, three figures appeared. They were dressed completely in white robes. There were robes of gold around their waists. Instantly, my life passed before me, all the good and also the bad. I could not see the faces of the three figures. Again, I said I wanted to stay with my children. I wanted to have the opportunity to watch my kids grow. That was something I was denied. A very abusive stepfather raised me. I didn't want that to happen again. Then mentally I was told I must do three things. If I agreed, I would be able to watch them grow. First, I was to walk through the valley of death. That was the 11 weeks in intensive care burn center. Second, I was to bear the scars and pain of the injury for the rest of my life. I have done that. Finally, I was to profess to the world my story and to the fact there is truly life after death. The figures asked me if I was willing to accept these terms. I agreed, and the light was gone. I was looking in the foreman's face as he was telling me I was going to be all right. I looked directly into his eyes and told him I knew I would be. Okay, that's the end of Kurt's experience, or account. So this is an interesting one because as he is, you know, he, he gets electrocuted, then gets thrown, you know, on fire. Uh, I mean, serious injuries and so forth. But uh, as he's doing this, having this experience, um, he says, I was conscious through the whole ordeal. Landing on the ground, I realized I was on fire. Okay, so he, as he's conscious throughout this whole ordeal, that's important because as he is, you know, the fire is being put out and he realizes his skin has been burned off, his, you know, feet have been badly burned. In fact, his shoes have been burned right off the bottom of his feet. And um, the the guy that's with him is like, oh, don't worry, everything's going to be fine, you know, I'll... We'll make sure everything works out, you know, and and it's not clear whether there was any attempt to downplay or hide this or not. All we know is that uh, the guy was saying everything's going to be fine. I, you know, I think that's the kind of thing that we tell people when there's been a catastrophe. You're going to be all right. You're going to be all right, you know, kind of thing. And I suspect that's what he was doing, trying to reassure him and so forth. Um but as he's talking to him, as he's saying everything's going to be fine, he sees a friend of his appear over his that the man's left shoulder. And it had been a military jet navigator who had died three years earlier in a plane crash. He knew about this guy's death. And he said he's there to help him make the transition or the transformation is the wording he uses here. It's interesting the different wording that's used for this transition, death, um, transformation in this case. All of those are are inadequate yet uh, uh, words that are chosen to describe the death experience. 
he and this friend of his tells him how wonderful it was going to be, but uh, Kurt is he, he's he's firm. He will not go if he has any choice in the matter. And the reason that he's so firm on this is because he had had a father who had died when he was four. He'd had to grow up without a father. And even uh, then, uh, he describes later as having a very abusive stepfather. And he was like, I'm not putting my twins through that, my kids. I'm not going to let them go through that. I will be their father. And so, um, as he insists on this, his friend Mike disappears. But suddenly he finds to his right this wonderful ball of white light and three figures appearing. And uh, these figures uh, in white, in robes, um, with gold around their waists. Okay, they come. He can't make out the faces very well. But at this point, he begins to have a life review and he sees his both the good and the bad experiences of his life he doesn't describe how much detail this life review has i kind of wish we could ask him more questions about this but in this experience uh, apparently he sees his experience of growing up with an abusive stepfather and which reinforces to him i've got to go back and so these three beings, this is interesting. Usually they're either granted their wish or told, you know, I'm sorry, um, this is the way it's got to be. And obviously when, when a person doesn't get their way, it's because their way is that they want to stay. In this case, he wants to go back and they're trying to convince him, no, you need to, or, you know, it's time for you to move on. But in this time, in this case, he strikes a deal with the three uh, people. First off, he's supposed to suffer through the valley of death, walk through the valley of death, and he describes that as being the intensive care burn center, which recovering from burns, I can't imagine, but I think that's a fitting name for the valley of death. Second, he is to bear the scars and pain of the in- injury for the rest of his life, basically saying, they're telling him, you're not going to you're not going to overcome this pain, this suffering. You need to bear it. And he, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. And finally, he was to profess to the world his story and to the fact that there truly is life after death. I would be interested to know um, what he has done along those lines to try to share this message and whether people have accepted or rejected his testimony. But um, certainly in in sharing this experience on enderf.org, as well as our reading this, um, sends that message on. And we're very grateful to Kurt, wherever he is, for sharing this message. Because that message is, it sounds like, one of the things that, you know, he needed to share this message. And we're helping him get the word out about that by doing this. And it's interesting also, after he agrees to this deal, the light disappears, and he's looking into the foreman's face as he was telling me I was going to be all right. So apparently this all happened in just a few seconds, because, you know, his friend is telling him 
or this foreman is telling him, you're going to be all right, you're going to be all right. And at the end of his saying, you're going to be all right, the light disappears and he's, he looks at his, his uh, foreman in the eye and says, I know I will be. And of course he knows also, or at least has a premonition from these messengers that that all rightness does not necessarily include not suffering pain for the rest of his life. Interesting, isn't it, that uh, when given the opportunity to either suffer intensely for 11 weeks and then go on and suffer the burn scars and pain for the rest of your life in order to be able to raise your children, um, would you take it? Would you take that kind of a deal? And because of Kurt's past experience in life, he accepted it. Now, an interesting thing, sideline from this, there are many people who have near-death experiences and they ask their messengers, why have I suffered so much? And and they're, you know, given some kind of um, insight into why suffering is so important. And yet many of them feel powerless in, in the pain that they've suffered. But in the case of this experience, in Kurt's experience, he is given the choice of whether or not to suffer. He's told, you can come back. And I, we, we encourage you to come back. But if you're not going to come back, then we need you to be willing to suffer this. What that does, and what I wonder if it's, it did for Kurt, is put that burden of responsibility on him. So that he knows throughout his life, whenever he's suffering and he's tempted to turn to God and say, Why have you done this to me? He can know, I chose this. I chose this because it was vital to me that I raise my children myself. And I think that is a beautiful, beautiful thing. My suspicion is that it was not actually his time, that that was to be part of his life experience in order for him to willingly take on that responsibility. If you um, have the opportunity to read Jeff Olson's experience, there is a point when he is feeling just this utter loss and he has this experience during his recovery where he, uh, he gets to hold his baby again who died in the accident that he suffered. And in his holding his baby, someone comes to him, this, this being of absolute, absolute love and perfection. Um, comes and says, you have a choice. You can suffer through your life and blame me for this experience, or you can choose to hand him to me. And in this state of, of joy and euphoria and an absolute love both for his son and for th the being behind him, he willingly gives or sets his son back down and says, he's yours. And basically takes on himself that responsibility of the suffering that he has. There's power in that. I don't fully understand it, but there is power in taking on, not, not necessarily giving in or giving up or fail, you know, the failure of 
stop trying kind of thing. You know, I'm, I'm not suggesting that in recovery that we should stop trying to rebuild muscles and so forth. Absolutely, we should do what we can to overcome. But in accepting the responsibility for the suffering that we experience, we, we do something, something, and I don't know what it is, that gives us greater power to be able to experience the pain without it being suffering. We can experience pain and, and you know, physical suffering without it having to be something that pulls us down forever. I don't know what that is, and I, and I would love to hear some more thoughts on that. But I have seen this in near-death experiences. Somehow the person is handed back the responsibility or given the choice to, to give back the pain or, or the responsibility for the pain. And when they do, they come back and while the pain is still there and sometimes more intense than ever, they're willing to accept it because they chose it and they know they chose it. I think there's power in that simply because we learn from these near-death experiences that much of the suffering that we experience in this life, if not all of it, was chosen by us in order to learn certain spiritual lessons, certain physical experiences that would give our spirits something that our spirits wanted. And yes, it's so easy to say, God, why are you putting me through this? But could it be, could it be that God is actually allowing us to experience what we begged him to experience? Now, in the midst of suffering, we're likely to say, how could I have been so stupid? How could I have been so <laughs> to, to want that? But I think we've got it backwards. We're in a mortal world where we can't see, we can't understand, we just can't comprehend the lessons that we are seeking in this by coming to this life. We can't understand it, but over there, we do. And I think we're one day going to look back in some kind of life review. We're going to see the suffering that we experienced, and we're going to say, Oh, I get it. I get it. I was right to want this. I was right to seek this life because of what was gained from my own suffering. If you are in a situation that is intensely painful, that is suffering beyond what you feel like you can stand, just, I, I can't say don't worry, be happy. There's, that's not at all what this is about. But recognize that somewhere deep down in this suffering and in the pain that you're experiencing, there is some spiritual lesson that is so valuable that you are willing to leave the greatest joy and love in the universe in order to experience it because there was value in it. And with that, thank you again, all of you, for listening.